For my whole career, I've used D'Addario strings. This is the one that I use live with Megadeth, and I love it. I've been with D'Addario my whole career, even when I was playing bass in Van Halen, because that's what Dad would play, D'Addario for life. And I say it right, D'Addario. Hey everyone, this is Chris Keys for Premier Guitar. Before we get into today's rig rundown, I wanted to share a little bit behind the shoot because it was such a special one for me for two reasons. One, I've been trying to get this rig rundown since getting this off the ground in 2009. For over 15 years, I've been knocking on the door that is Tool. Uh, and as you can imagine, there's been a lot of closed doors and hard nose. But much credit to Monica at Speakeasy PR. She had always tried, she'd always give it her best effort, and this time it finally came through. We were able to talk to Justin. Second reason is that I'm a huge Tool fan. Started in punk rock and, you know, uh, really basic rock and roll is what I loved growing up. And so when I was first introduced to Tool, uh, I didn't get it. I was too dumb to rock. <laughs> you know, same thing with Rush. It took me a while to get it. And then my late 20s, a friend of mine, Tyler Raymond, just kept introducing me to it. He'd pick different songs, different moments, different moods, and I finally it clicked. And so I would say at least the last decade of my life, well my 30s, were had Tool as the soundtrack of my life and many of my adventures centered around going to see Tool. Uh, I've seen them in Minneapolis, Chicago, Nashville obviously, Knoxville, and probably most memorable would be when I went out on Halloween in 2015 with said uh, friend Tyler. We met for seeing them with Primus on Halloween and lo and behold they came out and opened with No Quarter, one of my favorite Led Zeppelin songs, but also they dressed the part so that was rad. And you I mean so going into the shoot at Bridgestone, I was obviously nervous, and as you'll tell in the first couple minutes, I can barely speak, just like now. But it was great because the team there were prepared, and they were ready to welcome us with open arms. A lot of times when we go to the bands, you know, think of bigger arena acts, it's a lot to get into the building. Sometimes it's harder to get into the building than it is to actually film it. But they were ready for us, they had us on the list, we got right in, and uh, Justin's tech, Pete Lewis, who you see in the video, was there from start to finish and he answered a lot of questions on and off camera that either escaped, the answers escaped Justin, or he just gave a really good, cool uh, perspective from a tech being, you know, backing up one of the best bass players in rock music right now. And Justin himself, again, you never know what we're gonna get with the artists. Sometimes they don't know themselves what the rig rundown is, what's expected, what they wanna do, what they need to do. And Justin was well prepared. And so, you know, as you guys often put in the comments, we asked them, can you play? But it's hard to do that at an arena show. There's a lot of things going on. They got screens to build, things to test, pyro to do. And as you'll see, Justin not only puts the bass on, and, and a lot of times guys will freeze up. They don't know what to play. They don't know what to play without the context of the band or the music they're you know, gonna play that evening. Justin just rips right into it. And from the start to finish, you hear a lot of those tool riffs that we all know and love. And after the shoot, we left, me and Perry and uh, Jared were off having a beer. It's funny, you know, when you're air guitar and you're doing anything with Tool, you, you, we think of air guitar. But when it comes to this band specifically, a lot of the things that stick with you musically is actually Justin's parts. And he plays those throughout the rig rundown. And he was so humble and gracious. He's awesome. Monica's great for helping us set us up again. You know, hopefully we'll get Adam down the line and Danny too for the drum rundown. But uh, again, Justin and Pete were great, and uh, without further ado, let's check out the Justin Chancellor Great Rundown.
Hey everyone, this is Chris Keys for From Your Guitar. I'm at the Bridgestone Arena with the White Whale, one of the White Whales we've been chasing since Rig Rundown was started in 2008. Justin Chancellor on my right, Pete Lewis on my left. How are you guys doing? Excellent, happy to be here. Happy to talk to you. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm Chris Farley on the Saturday Night Live where you're Chris Farley show where you interviewed Martin Scorsese or uh, uh, Paul McCartney, like, you know, oh. but I, I'm very nervous, but uh, we'll get through this. I'm done rambling. Let's talk gear, guys. You right. have two wonderful bases, yep. a new friend, an old friend. Let's start with the wall. Okay, yeah, this is, you know, the bass I use for most of the songs. Uh, it's not the first one I had. It's a, it's a basically a replica that they made of the first version of this that I had. Uh, it's slightly different with the smaller tuning pegs up here. Lighter weight? A lighter weight, a little bit lighter. Okay. Um, black as well, color there. But the same woods that my first... Uh, wall base that I bought. The first one I bought was was made out of. How did you fall so, into the wall family you know, um, back in those days? I, I borrowed a friend, Greg Edwards, oh, who yeah. was the bass player from Failure. Failure yep. um, we were recording. I was just new to the band and basically my uh, whatever I was using at the time wasn't working. Um, I think it was actually a Stingray, but it wasn't it just wasn't cutting it at the time yeah. um, for the, the, the Anima record. Okay. Um, so we borrowed his, he had a fretless one that he fretted, um, but it just sounded immediately fit in, filled the right kind of area of sound. Um, so then we ordered one and it was this, which is like mahogany core, um, bird's eye maple facings. Um, it's a rock mahogany and rosewood neck. It's kind of laminated. Um, and uh, uh, rosewood uh, fingerboard. Now, how long would you say that this has been took over for the original one? How long have you had this in the stable? Oh, I probably got this six months after we recorded the album, so I've had it for 26 wow. years yeah. or something. I mean, the original one, but this one I've had maybe 15 years or something. Okay. Yeah. And, and did you use it recording? When you come, when it comes to recording, are you using the old one or using this one? Um, I, like use, I've, I use this on Fear Inoculum. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Now, what should we know, Pete, that you know? Have you have a unique relationship with yeah. Justin's instruments? On, the, on here, the fans might notice that there's uh, glow-in-the-dark dots. This is critical for when the lights go out in between <laughs> songs. We've got an amazing crew out here, and they make it very bright. And then in between songs, it's very dark. So Justin can see where he can line his fingers up in the dark. Yeah. So you have a starting position, and then it's off to the races. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's where the normal marks are, but obviously they, they light up when it's dark. Um, one of them moved the other night. Uh, one fret, which was a little awkward. Yeah. But Pete raced up and fixed it pretty quickly. A, so. a quick uh, glow in the dark, <laughs> quick change of a dot. It was a jazz moment for Tool, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that esoteric note. Yeah. Now, what should we know about strings? Oh, we're using Ernie Ball strings. We're using the nickel round wound strings. Love Ernie Ball and uh, I mean Brian, all the guys in uh, the customer service. Like uh, we got Derek and uh, Tim. And yeah. I mean, there's many names I'm forgetting, but they're all amazing at Ernie Ball. Yeah. And it's. Uh, it's a, there's a, a gauge of, a, the bottom string's 110, and then it's 85, 65, 45. I think in the regular super slinky pack, this is 105, but because we dropped to a D, we, we pump it down a gauge. But when you're just a chancellor, <laughs> you can get, you know, custom-made sets for yourself. Well, yeah, they do them individual, so they just send me out a bunch of 110s and then the regular set. Now, let's get back to the kind of the guts of the wall. I know that it has like an onboard filter system, you know, in terms of like an EQ, is that something that's kind of dialed into your, you know, developed your, you know, when people hear you guys live and on record, it, it's part of that sound that yeah. wall instruments are. Yeah, I mean, the preamp in it is just really amazing and powerful. And pretty much when I got this bass the first time, I just popped all the buttons out. It's got like a 
little pick attack gain when you pop the, mm -hmm. the pot out. Um, and I have everything on 10 apart from the, the blend of the pickups, which okay. is, uh, which is uh, right in the middle. Yeah. So. And that's pretty much all night in the middle, or are you kind of are you moving a lot? Um, we play the pot um, on another wall, which I have, which we do in a dropped uh, tuning. So it's like a whole tone down. Okay. Um, so down drop C basically, but every note is dropped down. And we we uh, we dial the bass treble mix blend a little t towards the bass side okay. to give it a bit more grunt. Yeah. Now, uh, when it comes to using a pick, I know you're a Dunlop guy. How often are you using a pick, and what one are you using? This is my pick. Big triangle. Um, yeah, it's uh, one millimeter. All right. Um, you know, like the, the large triangle. And uh, we've made it look pretty. Put a little spiral on there. Yeah. But yeah, I use a pick all night long. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I did one track on 10,000 Days, I think, Wings for Marie, mm -hmm. which I use my fingers on that. But we haven't played that live for a while. So at the moment, it's just picktastic all night. Got it. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you have a huge stash of them. Yeah, I mean, Justin doesn't drop his picks that much. He throws them out occasionally and stuff. But Souvenirs. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not a pick-heavy loss. You know, he's, he knows how to hold onto a pick and play with it, obviously. Yeah. Now, I'm sure a lot, too, is with the dynamics you're using as you're playing with the pick, there's probably a lot of how you're attacking the strings, too. Yeah. And so that's kind of part of the arsenal that is, you know, the EQ of the bass is how you're hitting it, too. Yeah, you can back it off. You can dampen with your with your side of your hand and... Um, yeah, a lot of it is, is the pressure you apply with, you know, with the attack. But uh, um, a lot, most of the night is pretty full on. You know? Yeah. It's um, sometimes I'm, I, I have to hold it like this between my knuckles because I'm doing little volume sweeps. Ah. So I'll, I'll place it up there. That's the only time it's in risk of getting dropped. If <laughs> yeah. I'm a little sweaty, it starts moving around and I'm, you know, doing the volume sweeps. But most of the time it's, it's pretty much full on down picking <laughs> now i know that you had mentioned briefly that you guys are in d drop d yeah what else are there any other tunings for maybe the older material you guys are going to yeah well we do the part we mm -hmm. drop it a whole tone just to help make it easier for Maynard to sing live okay that's a pretty high register when we recorded it you know mm -hmm. and uh you know consistently over a tour that's hard to keep up absolutely so in order to be able to play the song every night or not every night but a lot of nights we did that for him and that we go to a 135 do we on that yeah. The bottom strings are 135 gauge, so um, yeah, the increments kind of go down a little bit as you go up the strings. And I know that sometimes you've toured, and again, your guys' set list changes every night. So is uh, the the fretless involved at all in this run? No, okay. no. I used the fretless once um, on a record. Um, couldn't tell you right now what that song was. I'd have to do some research. <laughs> I can't remember, but um, I, I can actually. It was lateralis. It was the second verse in lateralis where it kind of doo, 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 slides around. Um, but no, I haven't really used it. I've never used it live. Really? Um, I just play around with it at home. Uh, maybe something I'll get into in the future, you know. It's a beautiful bass, yeah. e ebony fretboard, and uh, it's pretty untouched at this point. So. I, I bet you it would be pretty unnerving to play that live. Yeah, you know, I've, frets. I have an upright at home as well, and that's just, unless you've got some, someone on a guitar accompanying you on a fretless, for me, it's very tough to, to kind of find the pitch. Now, now we're, are we changing strings every night or how's oh, that yeah. working? Absolutely. Uh, before sound check strings. And then if it's a heavy sound check where they're doing a lot of songs, I'll change out the D string on it or maybe do a complete change. And then uh, during the show, halfway through the show, Justin and I listened back to some old Pro Tools tracks of the live shows. Really? And uh, we were like, why don't we do a string change? It takes me five minutes to do a complete overhaul. So he plays on the backup and I'll switch them all out. And it gives him that. <laughs> 
Why would you describe that sound of the fresh bass? Yeah, just the just the attack, you know, like a brightness and a, and a fresh attack. And I think, especially once people have been through half a show, their ears are kind of beaten up a little bit. Yeah, um, it kind of cuts back through. You know, it gives it lifts it up. It gives it brightness again. Yeah, basically. Now, what should we know, Pete, that you have to do with maintenance on these bases from night out and then tour to tour? What what are some of the you know tips and tricks or what are the things you're having to do to keep these things running? Honestly, they are rock solid. Like legitimately, Wild and Only Ball bases are absolutely brilliant. It's lovely working with both those companies. I put a little bit of a little bit of lube in between, restring them, check the intonation, and it's it's honestly golden. And we're going through so many different climate changes from yeah. summer to winter and it's overnight sometimes. We were in Florida a few days ago and now we're yeah. sub-zero up here. Yeah, we're in the Arctic in Nashville here. <laughs> But what are, are you ever changing basses in one song, the same song, or using two different instruments on a song, like uh, let's say well, an intro? We do, we do a song called Culling Voices, yeah. where we all play guitar. Okay. So that's pretty much the only one where I actually walk around, Danny finishes his uh, chocolate chip trip yeah. drum solo, and then we all walk up and play guitar. And once I'm done with that, Pete brings my bass up and we switch out there. But as far as basses in the same song, not really, okay. no. And speaking of motifs, you know, that was Danny's motif on the new record, that chocolate trip. You had Mockingbeat. What was the instrument used on that? Oh, God, Mockingbeat was, uh, I had a little... Uh, it's a very unique sound. Little um, uh, sequencer a friend gave me. Okay. I couldn't remember what it is called now. Um, but I just made, I made a bunch of uh, loops on that. Okay. And then uh, a friend of mine had made a patch cable so that all the pads were individually able to go to one track. So then I was able to mix it and affect each sound differently. So I spent quite a lot of time with Joe Barisi, just kind of making it really, uh, re giving it more depth, you know. Than but no bass, no actual stringed instruments used no, on that? No, no. Huh. And there was a mockingbird on it that I, uh, that I recorded huh. once I was in the, in the desert one time. Hmm. and kind of chipped it out. Nice. Yeah. Well, what should we know about this music, man? You Ooh. know, you alluded to it, you yeah. know, you yeah. started the tool journey with, uh, with the Stingray went to the wall. Now, what's this doing on the set? I got notes, if that's all right, to read off Absolutely. the notes. All right, let me just go over to... <laughs> we want to get this as factually correct exactly. as possible. So it's a 2018 Stingray special first year of the updated 18-volt preamp. The old ones are 9 volts. Okay. And it's got the neodymium magnet pickups, roasted maple neck, and a rosewood fretboard with a oil-slash-wax blend neck. And it's, uh, it's lighter than the older models, and... Uh, got way more power, a little bit more headroom. But I did, well, it's, it was lighter, and then I asked them to put a, a brass scratch plate on mm. there. <laughs> so that's actually kind of added quite a bit of weight back yeah. to it. But yeah, I'm just a big fan of that metal, so but also made it a little different, yeah? Sorry to jump on you. The yep. metal isn't finished, so you see any sweat and all that stuff, it just instantly goes in there, <laughs> and then at the end of the tour, if I haven't remembered to uh, wipe it all off, it starts getting that patina on it, Yeah, and it looks really... Yeah, I was hoping it would slowly go green like the Statue of Liberty, but we're probably going to have to wait like 50 years for that. So. Yeah. yeah. Now, did, you know, is this Brian's invention or Scotty's invention or Sterling Ball's invention here with the tape? What's going on there with the tape? Ah. Well, this is for, we play Descending, ah. um, one of the new tracks, and we don't actually have the increments of, of, you know, the numbers on the pots here. So we had to come up, we start in this position quite low down, but we obviously, when we were in the studio, we wanted to, uh, we did several takes, so we wanted to nail the same levels for each part of the song. Yeah. I mean, it goes up over three minutes. Each verse goes up a little bit. 
So this is just, this was actually original from the studio. And, um, you know, it's not particularly attractive, but it's the real deal. That's what, that's what works. So we keep it for the live thing. If that's how it goes, it, I don't want to tell you how to you do your job, but if the song's called Descending and the volume's ascending, I feel like you guys <laughs> missed a chance there. But yeah, note the high tech, high tech solution there. We got tape and uh, looks like different colored markers. Yeah, yeah, good old markers, blue, pink and brown, <laughs> it looks like. But yeah, it, it always does the job, you know, it's just a visual visual thing that works you know? what do you dig about the 18 volt preamp you know maybe that's your first i don't know if you've dabbled or have all the other preamps with 18 volts what do you notice as you're playing it just clear and powerful you know okay. um yeah kind of a nice round sound as well okay uh, my old music man's a little more a little more uh high and low you know real like cut at the high end and real very much low end and not so much in mm. the middle i think it's got a little more roundness to it this one yeah now, have you ever explored or thought of going beyond the four strings? I know that's a, you know... Never. Really? <laughs> no, I make a joke about that, but no, um, I, I, I would give it a go. Yeah. But I, I kind of, for me, it's, it's uh, there's so much to explore within the realm of four strings. And, you know, especially with this, I've got, I got 24 frets on this as well. And I've got an octave pedal. So I can pretty much go anywhere. I mean, I can't. Going lower than the, the bottom string is challenging, especially with a pedal track. Yeah. That tracking gets a bit weird. But um, I'm sort of obsessed with just keeping it this way. Um, so, you know, you can put a thicker string on or, uh, yeah, I'm happy with four. I feel like with everything going on, you, you're, you're covering a lot of ground sonically. You, you make a lot of different sounds and vibes and, you know, paintings with different abstract colors. It's, you're doing yeah. a lot with four already. Well, and I find, you know, the, the, there's only so many notes on the scale, but there's infinite. People say it's all we've done and it, it hasn't. You know, there's so many different ways of playing one, one little sequence. You could play the same two notes a million different ways. Yeah. Just the way you attack them or the closeness together that you play them. So. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's, there's plenty to explore with what we've got already. Well, before moving to amps and then pedals, uh, there's a friend that I'm kind of shadowing over here. Oh, yeah. What are we looking at here? Maybe you could just hold that one. Oh, I would oh, love to. Yeah, this is my, uh, oh, it's one of my favorite basses I got from my friend Nick at Norm's Rare Guitars in LA. It's a 1963 Fender Precision Lake Placid Blue. And as you can see, it's, it's definitely been played over the years. Um, and I'm always on the look for a nice old bass, you know, um, that's, I've got a small collection of old basses, yeah. but my criteria is that they, of, of course, sound amazing. This just, I mean, it sounds just, it's loud without being plugged in, mm -hmm. um, but also that I can play them, that I don't feel bad about actually, you know, yeah. banging away on them. So the fact that it's a little beaten up is just more attractive to me. It means it's a, it's a working bass, you know. How long has this been part of the collection? Um, I've had this about 15 years. Okay. And I just, uh, I take it with me. It's, it's really inspiring to play. So I've written a lot of stuff on this and, uh, and it's really, I don't play it in the band. It doesn't quite have the output that these guys have. All right. But, um, you know, I have it on the bus. I take it into the hotel room and generally have it around all the time just to warm up or just just to, to write on, you know? Yeah, I'm sure it's very inspiring. Yeah, it's a beautiful bass. I mean, it's it's probably one of the nicer sounding. I've recorded stuff with my other band, Empty Void, on this. Oh, yeah. Quite a lot of it is, is uh, just sort of through a DI, um, and it, it works really well, because a lot of the stuff on that, we, we kind of crunch the sound and and uh, change it quite a bit yeah so it doesn't really matter what the what the output is as far as that goes but 
Yeah, it's a beauty. I got to ask before we move on to amps real quick, you brought up another uh, project. I know that you were featured on Isis's record, Panopticon. Oh, yeah. Altered Courses. Yeah. Do you remember what bass you used on that song? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, I do. It was, it was the original one. Oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not this one, but the original one. Um, Love that. Yeah, I, I remember because I was a bit, as first collaboration I'd really done, and I was sort of a little nervous about it to go. I'd never met the band. They, they invited me in. So I showed up with my whole rig, I believe. I think I bought my Mesa Boogie cabinets and everything <laughs> and, the, and the pedal board and just thought I'll bring what I know, you know, works. You brought the toolbox. Yeah. So I think it was pretty much my regular sound for that. Yeah. Well, right on. Let's yep. uh, go on and actually see some of these Mesa Boogie All right. cabs. All right. Hey, y'all. I'm John Bollinger with Premier Guitar. So our rig rundowns for a long time now have been sponsored by D'Addario. And I'm thrilled to be using the D'Addario Expand pedal board. I've got this little guy that fits in my gig bag, and like many of you, I'm changing pedals all the time. I love having a board that can shrink as I'm shrinking my board or expand as I'm expanding it. And that's why I love the Expand pedal board. Their patented telescoping technology lets me instantly change the size of my pedals playground. It also features a unique cable management system and comes fitted with loops of Velcro, keeping everything neat and easy to swap. The two expand versions comes with either one or two rows, depending on your needs. So a big thanks to D'Addario. Now, let's get back to more rig rundowns. We are over in Amp World. Talk me through it, Justin and Pete. Okay, we are running basically two Galleon Kruger heads, 2001RB. Um, each goes into a separate cabinet. Okay. Over by use the eight by 10 inch speakers. Okay. Uh, that would be a totally clean sound. Um, so no effects on that, keeping it really clean, a nice amount of low end on it, um, but trying not to not have it break up at all. Okay. Um, and then this is the, you know, four by 12 cabinet. This is actually a brand new custom cabinet with it where it's a prototype, I guess that Jim at Mesa Boogie um, put together for me. I'm really loving it. It's got these big old ports. It's got a lot more uh, roundness to it. It fills out the, the sound a little more. What do you but, like, sorry to cut you off, Justin. Okay. What, what do you like about the 12 inch speakers for the dirty affected sounds? I don't know, they just seem to, they just seem to hold it well, you know, okay. like it, it um, without losing too much low end. You know, mm. obviously you put the, we put it through the rat and the EQ, which we'll see in a minute. But um, so one of the, the other GK, is basically a dirty sound that that powers the uh 12 inch speakers all right um and we you know we experimented using the 10 inch speakers for the dirty sound but it just works out better the blend together this holds the the low end tighter the smaller speakers and this is all right but flaps around a bit the bigger 12 inch speakers can be gravelly and dirty and still have like warmth to it mm -hmm. and what are we using uh i'm assuming those are the demeters yeah, that's for my DI. Um, there's just one, one and a backup. Okay. Um, so the signal splits three ways after, you know, once the bass delivers the signal, um, one goes to the dirty cab, the clean cab, one goes to the dirty cab, and one goes to the DI. And the DI is like, you know, the out front of house, they use all three. There might be sections in a song where it's beneficial to push one the dirty or the clean got it um, especially in the studio we do that a lot with different sections sometimes 
it's it just blends better with the rest of the track now when you're recording is this kind of what you would wheel into the rehearsal space and we're tool you know tool hq uh kind or? of but we would have a bunch more cabinets because we'll just experiment with all the cabinets i've got um find what's working best and then we'll have all the amps in the control room um so we can move them around switch them out we can control everything from there um and pete maybe you want to talk about yeah. the the splitter yeah, we use the all the signal coming off the board and the stuff and the way to clean it up and if there's any ground hums or buzzes and the JD7, the radio JD7 is really good. For example, we have a buzz right here, but <laughs> by just pressing that, it gets rid of it. So, I mean, from a roadie's perspective, having the signal go into the radio product is brilliant. We can flip phase as well. If we're in the studio and we're playing around with different cabinets, we can play around with that. So it's kind of... It's great for splitting the signal and it's amazing for troubleshooting, especially when we're overseas and there's weird power and all sorts of issues. And then uh, pivoting over to that cabinet, I checked in with Boogie and they were like, it's at least 20 years old. Wow. And I don't have any other info on that other than we've used that cabinet for a very long time. Now, Justin, obviously I've done my homework and I'm a, a, a bit of a obsessed fan, but what have you been using? You know, a lot of the GK stuff and the Mesa cabs have kind of been part of your formula for a long time. Yeah. Are you ever experimenting with with this or is this kind of kind of like in a tomorello way like you figured it out i'm going to move on to some other stuff um well i mean this 12 inch cabinet is a little increment different you okay. know um i was stuck with the same for a while but uh these older cabinets are they don't make them anymore they're flight case ready and this like serious they're seriously heavy and yeah. weighty um but I guess they've come come up with ways of delivering the sound without having to do that now. So um, this is a little different. It, it, it's, it's changed the sound. I mean, we lost it one night um, for whatever reason, and we had to wheel in the old one. And the, the difference was quite huge. You know, it was a lot brighter and um, kind of pingier. Um, so I really noticed the difference that this has been making. Um, I'm always playing with the tone a little bit. Okay. Maybe it's because my hearing's changing. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, just just tweaking what I already know, basically. And otherwise, yeah, sticking with the, the same sort of formula. Well, there are a lot of things that change, and then that change your sound, and that's a pedal board. So yep. if we could do that, let's check it out. Let's yeah. do it. All right, gentlemen, we are over at the mothership. Pete, what should we know about routing? Routing. Well, the brilliance of working with Justin is it's based on a cable straight into the only ball volume pedal, which okay. is brilliant. And then it pretty much just swings the... The, uh, the signal flow just swings along the front with a little jump up to the pink pedal that Justin will touch on when he's playing. And then uh, we go into, at the end, Justin's uh, custom pedal that he'll talk about when we get to it. And then that shoots over to the radial and then p comes back okay. to the rat and to the EQ pedal. And the great thing about this pedal board is, is this is the second version of this giant pedal board. And the great thing about being with Tool is it's almost unlimited space for the backline department to have as big as you want. So if Justin wants this layout, we can have a massive pedal board and it doesn't, you know, you don't, we're not in a van, we're yeah. in semi trucks and in arenas or stadiums. And, but what we did do this time around was so Justin can get this in his car, I made it so it detaches in oh, the I middle. Oh, I see the hinges, yeah. And we yeah. can split it and he can take it for sessions and all sorts of things. Yeah. And we have two individual cases for it. And uh, also, uh, EBS just sent us a whole bunch of great cables. These are the gold uh, tipped ones. They're flat and there was a noticeable difference in the sound and of improvement and stuff. So shout out to EBS. What are we using there. for instrument cables? Instrument cables, it's the Megami. 
Yeah, you know, top of the line. It's fantastic as well, but shout out to the EBS guys. Yeah, we just to mention the using the cable, it's not something it's very common these days. Everyone's wireless, but yeah. we've done a lot of experimenting with wireless packs, just literally A being it standing there in the in the studio and the difference is huge. Really? Yeah. The, you know, there's a spike in the level, clarity. Um, so we just stuck with it because it gives it that little extra kind of, you know, bit of detail to the whole band. Adam does the same thing. So. Pete, mm. what keeps you up at night with a rig this, I don't want to say complicated, but there's a lot going on. What, what keeps you up at night, gives you nightmares? There's certain cities in the world that I know when we go to, there's radio stations that are broadcasting at a high uh, ampage out, and we've got one giant antenna here. So radio frequencies popping up on the pedal in the rig somewhere keeps me up at night. Right. And there's ways to eliminate that, roadie tricks and stuff. And do you, can you care to divulge or yeah, trade secret? What do you do? We, uh, I asked the boss to buy a brand new wild bass and that eliminated it because the old <laughs> bass sounded amazing, but it did pick up a lot of RF, even though we were trying to figure really? out new things. Okay. So thank you for buying a new bass. You're welcome. And then the next thing is is the boss, uh, I think it's the uh, sound. Oh, the, noise suppressor. Noise suppressor pedal. I'll, I can engage that. It's not in the loop permanently, but in between songs, if we're picking up a perfect song by name a big band, in between songs, I'll hit that and it gets rid of it. That way the band isn't like, what's going on? Yeah. And then when they're playing, it's hard to overpower Tool with a radio frequency. Absolutely. Yeah. One last question. What's going on with the, uh, the special shielding we got with the, the boss pedal here, the bass equalizer or the, the boss equalizer? I was talking about the... Yeah. Mm. Ah, so it, as you see, it's got open slots on top and like we do festivals, it can be rain. It's all types okay. of weather. We're exposed. And so it's just to stop the rain from going in there and the dust and it keeps it going. It's been there since I started and Justin's had a lot of great techs work for him over the years. So if it's working, I leave it in place. And that never changes. That's the, the set EQ for the dirty cab. So The slight smile EQ. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, never fails. Justin, let's start this party off. Tell me about your pedals and how are you using right, them, man? Well, this is volume right here. Once we got that up, um, we can go down the line. Tremolo right here. That one's lovely, got a tube in it. It's really warm. Uh, it's Gaia tone. Uh, and then, of course, my trusted whammy pedal. <laughs> I don't want to discount the, the, the signature wafas that we'll get to in a minute, but would you say that the bass uh, whammy is kind of your most crucial pedal based on like you need that to pull it off? I would say it really helps me do stuff that um, isn't so bass orientated. Some of the lead stuff I, I do when Adam holds down the rhythm and yeah. lets me go above it. Uh, you know, like something like the mi middle of schism. So like... That's bypass right there. So okay. that's actually the way I get out of that situation. I've got every pedal on. I can hit this and it bypasses all my effects pedals. Oh, all right. So I bypass it and then over the next verse I can turn everything off and then get back again to my original sound. Get out of jail car. Yeah, you can hear the difference. <laughs> this is like, 
a little static with all the pedals, and then that's a little quieter because it's bypassing them all. But um, uh, yeah, then the Sans amp is just an original. It's a distortion. It doesn't sound. Uh, it hasn't got so much low end, but it's really nice for some of that higher stuff and some feedback. Um, and a lot of the, the my sound is just the order in which the pedals come. Um, it's almost like a keyboard. You know, the order in which you put the modules together, yeah. each affects each other differently. So I'm just so used to it that it, it's got, I can play with it almost like a keyboard. If I, you know, mess over here, I know how it affects this. It's self-aware. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's got, yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, the boss pedals, classic chorus, flanger, delay pedal is one of my really, you know, good friends. Um, and again, you can see the classic, um, bit of white tape with yeah. all my different marks. <laughs> Spare um, no expense for tool. You know, through the show, I'm moving that by hand, just nailing, you know, different little letters there. That, that'll be flood, you know, that'll be the grudge. Um, and yeah, it's got a little, <laughs> there's a little variation, you know, but it's close enough. Um, How are you using that different than the Providence delay? Well, the, okay, so the Providence is, uh, specifically, we started using that for uh, the song Numa. Oh, okay. Where the guitar and the, the bass, we wanted them to just completely sync up the delay. So, if you, we got it on here. Is... I've experienced that and before. Being one of those, like, you know, nobody's out there. I've, yeah. I've felt that. <laughs> um, it's cool as well. It's got two settings. So, halfway through, when we were recording, we realized that the third verse, I think, Danny introduces the tabla sound, and it always kind of sped up a bit, but we liked it. So we decided that at that point, we go from 113, we go from 113 to 115, which wow. is hardly noticeable, but it's a little bit faster. So the pedal keeps kind so of So we decided to lock in with, with Danny's natural flow, and now we're, that's what we do every night. So. And with okay. that pedal, it's always exactly the same for both of us, and the, the step up is the same as well. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then here we've got the Gaia Tone, or it's like an auto wah, which is cool. It's like an envelope that opens and closes depending on how, how hard you hit it. Probably know that from the grudge. Yeah, I um, recognize a lot of these. Uh, Adam gave me that, I think, in Japan, and uh, I just fell in love with it. Um, and I've used it on a few records, so that's always, you know, that's that's pretty much in there. This is um, God. What's the name of the maker? Game changer. Game changer again. Um, it's a sustain pedal, like on a piano. Um, I don't use it very much on this tour, but I've used it on a few songs. But you you can kind of grab something when you're moving up. You can get some interesting effects depending on where you apply it during yeah. the movement of your hand. So that's kind of fun. Um, and also, it's it's you know it's a it's quite a unique pedal, something that yeah. does something different. So I was like, I've got a slot there. I'm going to put something interesting in there. And then uh, you know, the mothership right here.
And as you see there, I, this is my uh, signature Wawa pedal. It's in camouflage because I expected it to be blue. Well, you have the blue one, Pete. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Jimmy Dunlop made a couple of these specially for me in this kind of rusty chuck finish, um, which there are only four of, which is very nice to have my own special ones. Yeah. Um, here's the original blue one, uh, which is, you know, anyone else can get. Um, but yeah, I was going to say the, one of the features is that I put the, the um, on-off switch of the distortion down the bottom there so I can actually kind of use, use my heel so I don't have to go all the way to the top to, to activate something. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, and it's, it's got this little extension on it, so it's almost the same level. Um, do you it, know what the fuzz circuits, is that based on kind of your, I know that for a while you had the Fox tone? Uh, no, tone? no. It's more uh, the, color, the color sound, okay. tone bender. Oh, the tone bender, yeah. Vintage stuff like that. Okay. Or like a big muff, you know. And we had like everything lined up and we went through everything and listened to them all and we we're like, what do you like? And we just kind of, you know, did a blend of that stuff. Um, and the two filter settings, what, what are those kind of going so, after? So the, um, this is a basic Wawa. It's a, more of a traditional Wawa okay, like a uh, on the top. And then the bottom one is, we called it the UK filter. Um, and it's basically a filter suite kind of based on this sound from the, if I roll all the EQ off this pickup and then add it on this one, it kind of goes from the one to the other. You so we kind of based it on that, try to imitate that a little bit. So it's, well, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd have to do it with my. That was the sort of the inspiration Got was it. that. Um, but we added a little, there's a little, uh, dip in the frequency with that one. It's a lot more throaty and, and warmer than the traditional wah. Okay. So when you hit it, you can kind of hear. Um, the other one is it's much higher, perhaps for more like higher, higher yeah. lead stuff. Um, kind of like Cliff Burton when he, you know. Right. You can hear it kind of dips when it engages and then yeah, so it's, it's a little more on the, on the lower scale. Yeah. I'm, when we're done with this interview, I'm gonna check my pants after that. Fuzz, <laughs> <laughs> that well, fuzz. it is brown. That's where you made me the brown one for the brown <laughs> note, I guess. I think the two that we haven't hit so far, real quick, Justin, is the, the rat and the EQ. Yeah, so the rat and the EQ, uh, after everything goes from my bass through this, goes to the radial, then it comes back, and one of them goes back through the rat and the EQ to the dirty cabinet. Okay. So basically pedals go all the way through this and through that. So when it's completely clean, the, dirt, the, the one cabinet still has a little bit of dirt. The EQ brings back some low end. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's always on those two. Okay. And then this is just a little, this is for the end of Numa, which again, we realized gets a little exciting at the end every yeah. time. So the tempo was consistently a little faster on the very last chorus. Yeah. And we're like, well, instead of messing around with, this only has two settings. So <laughs> we were like, let's just chuck another delay in there that's always on that, on that. Uh, so that's specifically for the end of Numa. Okay. Um, 
rather than me having to mess with this one or that one or change anything else around. Well, so. I, I can't begin to thank you guys enough how much this means to me, means to the viewers. This is huge. And yeah. uh, before we leave, I gotta give Pete a shout out. This is one of the cleanest pedal boards we've seen. But I think it looks messy and stuff because we squeak, we, you know, it started off big and you got loads of space and then you squish in, squish stuff in. So thank you for the shout out. But yeah. It's still man. a process of cleaning it up and making it look good. Again, Pete and Justin, thank you guys so much. Yep. Huge fans and thank you guys out there for staying tuned. And uh, we knew we'd bring it to you one of these days. We got you. Chris Keys, Rig Rundown. Cheers. I've had, if we counted them, probably seven bad D'Addario strings in 30 years. The reason we only stock D'Addario strings is because D'Addario strings are perfect. It's nice to be able to depend on something. <laughs>